Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. Uh, it's another hot off the presses article, just came out. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking about that's so fresh and new? Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about unemployment and then re-employment and how that impacts well-being. Um it's a pretty interesting study in terms of, uh, you know, what they found that, you know, re-entry into the workplace has a lot of positive benefits, obviously, you can imagine that. Um, but they looked at some things like the types of jobs people entered into after being unemployed and if that had an impact. Um, so, yeah, sneak preview, but I don't want to awesome. give away the goods yet. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. That's very exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So, uh, anyway, before we get into the topic area though, um, Mm -hmm. how are you today? I'm good. I'm good today. Um, trying to think anything interesting to tell. I mean, I didn't sleep super well last night, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly feeling okay, which is good. So hopefully I can have a good night's sleep tonight and then be like back to a hundred percent. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not, nothing super crazy exciting going on over here. Had a fun client meeting this morning, which was nice and it was local. So I got to drive and actually like be out, um, which was, you know, sometimes it's a nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, I was joking with Danny that my, uh, I've, I've worn makeup for a whole week, which is like, <laughs> Wow. Not not usual because if I'm working from home and I'm like the only time I leave is like to go to the grocery store or like go to the gym or something like that. I'm not um, necessarily like fixing myself up, but we've been right. busy yeah. uh, over the past week. So I've actually like been a human going out. Um, That's ooh, good. That actually reminds me. Did, did you watch the show Lost? No, but I saw that you went to Lost the Musical, but I never watched yes. the show. Oh was it gosh. good? What? Okay. So it I'm confused. So funny. Is it like a... Is it like a, um, like the show from what I remember is kind of like a reality show, right? Or no, no. it was a drama. No, it's a drama. So was yes. it like kitschy musical or was it yeah, like, it was a parody. Serious? Okay. So it was okay. like a joke about the show, um, okay. with like super deep references. And each of the songs was actually like a cover with different lyrics basically. Right. So okay. Like, gotcha. Um, like they did a song from Chicago, but with the lyrics were related to Lost. Um, okay, like gotcha. Pop culture songs too. So it was it was really really funny. Um, small theater, so you know just a local theater in the valley here in LA in Sherman Oaks, um, and they do a number of them. I was thinking about you, Katina, actually, because they just uh, they just started showing um, a musical called Shame of Thrones. <laughs> oh, so I think it's a parody as well on game of thrones so uh that's kind of their thing that's like their little niche is that's parody cool shows yeah that's it was cool. really fun um i mean it's like a it's just i don't know it was just fun the the actors were fun the show was funny um everybody in the in the audience is like a fan so everyone kind of bonded over that and actually one of the actors from the show was there um in the audience watching which is super funny uh so he was one of if anybody watched the show the character's name is charlie 
and uh, he he was also in Lord of the Rings. I oh, I can't huh. remember his name. I'm a terrible person. Dom, You're a terrible Dom person. Dom something. Well, he hates you now. You're yeah, a bad I know. Person. Oops, sorry, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> um, but he was he was literally. There, which I <laughs> but uh yeah exactly but i i mean it was it was just cute it was it was like a cute thing for him to be there you know as a an audience member to see yeah um this this theater group kind of parroting his his show like i thought that was a really cute thing to do so did it seem like he was into it like he was like they're doing a good job with my show yeah he seemed to be having a good time and i know um afterwards i actually went on their Instagram and then on his Instagram and they posted a picture of him with the whole cast. It was really cute. Oh, that is cute. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it. I thought it was very sweet. That is. That's very nice. Um, well, I'm glad that you oh, had fun. Th- I got the name of the actor. Dominic. M- oh, gosh. Monhagen. Mahagnin? Monhagen. <laughs> okay. Mon- Monhagen, I think. I don't know. Okay. okay. So I made it worse. <laughs> I didn't help myself at all. It's <laughs> at least I got the first part right. Dom Dominic Monhagen. That's think. true. You're Anyways. Right. Whatever. <laughs> it was a very cute thing for him to do though, to go to this play. That so, is cute. there you have it. <laughs> that is very cute. Well, probably a lot of those people still live in LA. I would imagine it would be like kind of easy for them to get there if they want to, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I feel like that happens enough when yeah. you go to plays that there's actors and the other actors in the audience. So, um, you know, it's just a funny thing to go to a parody. Yeah, play of yes, your own show. of your own show. That's yeah. cute. That yeah, is cute. It, it was cute. But yeah, so that was kind of a fun little thing that we did. That recently. is fun. Yeah. That what is about fun. you? Anything exciting? Um, what are you up to? I was in at the end of last week. I was in Delaware for a work meeting and I went to a Hanson concert. Hanson. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Um, you know who was at the Hanson concert? Oh my gosh. Who? Someone we that they think. were parroting? <laughs> we, no, we think, well, like we, meaning like people that post about Hanson concerts, but um, Ryan Felipe. What? His like parents live in the Delaware beaches apparently for the summer. And Super random. So he was like on Instagram posting about being in Delaware. And then someone who was going to the Hanson show who also fo- follows Ryan Felipe was like, oh, are you going to be at the Hanson show tonight? And he was like, actually, yeah, I'm going to be there. Like, I've been looking forward to it or something. And they were like, what? So then someone posted <laughs> it to the <laughs> posted it to the group and was like, I think Ryan Felipe is either like joking or he's going to be at the Hanson show. And then. I guess uh, up in the balcony area, he would like a couple people saw him up there. He had like a bunch of security. He like came in right before the show was going to start. And he like watched like half the concert with uh, one of his kids. And then he left. Hmm. Um, But yeah, he apparently Ryan Felipe was there. That's so funny. Yeah. Does he really need security? I don't like think so. <laughs> I feel like so many times you see those things and I'm like, if he's like, especially if he's up on a balcony, like, yeah, like I who don't cares? Like, whatever. Anyways, that's my own opinion. But no, I completely agree with you. I thought it was weird when they said he had security too. I was like, uh, seems unnecessary. Like, yeah. I, I feel like maybe Reese Witherspoon needs security, but not yeah. Ryan Felipe. <gasps> I mean, speaking of drama, did you hear Burn. that he's trying to have courts block her from testifying against him? And no. Some case against, like, I guess 
uh, man, I should know my pop culture references before I start talking <laughs> about the podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, so there's some sort of case against him by an uh, ex-girlfriend or something like that. And, uh, and I don't know why Reese Witherspoon was potentially going to testify, but he's okay. trying to get it blocked. And I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know mm-hmm. something's going on there. There's a secret story. We don't know. There has or maybe to somebody be. knows and I didn't follow up on the story well enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the only thing I've heard about him recently is that he was at a Hanson concert. So <laughs> clearly I have my pop culture uh, priorities very out of whack. Um, but yeah, clearly I just we're not good st- at this pop culture thing, which is why our podcast yeah. is not about pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we would have nothing to share. That would no, be- we would not. Of interest to anybody. Nothing we'd good. Like, oh, we'd be you like, don't actually know anything. Okay, well, that's we'd good. We'd be like, you know, the guy, the guy with the thing. And you'd be like, He's yeah. blonde and tall. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, totally. Really yeah. So, anyway, we, uh, we, uh, had a good time at the Hanson concert. And then I came back to DC and then, I just did a work trip in Houston, and now I'm going on a retreat tomorrow, which will be Yay. fun. Um, well, I can't wait to hear about the retreat. Yeah. I think, you know, I feel like every time I've ever gone to a retreat, I always feel like it's bad timing almost. Like, I feel like, oh, uh, you know, like, I'm too busy. I can't I can't make this work, et cetera. Um, but then once I get there, I feel like, I'm happy that I went. So right now I'm just feeling so busy. Like I have so much stuff to do and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to make time for this, but that has happened to me before when I've done things like this. And then when I get Mm -hmm. there, I'm like, okay, it was actually good. Sometimes, I mean, maybe that's like the best timing for it sometimes, you know? That's what I was thinking. I was going to say, maybe it's actually a good time. Like that's what it comes down to is you feel so busy and that you can't take time away. And it's basically a lesson to say, Hey, actually you always can. Yeah, that's true. That could be true. Um, So, yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. So I'll talk about that, I guess, next time we talk and I'll tell you how it goes. But it should be really fun. Well, I'm excited. I'm super excited to hear about it. Yay. Me too. As we're planning our own retreat, too. So that's I know. Perfect timing. I know. Getting into the retreat vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we did talk about the retreat on podcast right so yes everyone can just keep an eye out if you're on our email list serve um we'll definitely be providing more information soon and i'm sure we'll talk about it again on the show so yeah retreats yeah 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 love it um okay so now that we have kind of caught up a little bit do you want to tell us some more about your article yes cool so the article um actually the date of publication is september so it's like an online first thing right so they published it online first um and technically we're recording this at the end of august so it's not been in print but it's been online already so it's a 2019 article in the journal of applied psychology it's written by zoo zoo woods and woo i like it rhymes sorry It does. <laughs> it rhymes. Um, and the article is called The Restorative Effect of Work After Unemployment, an Intra-Individual Analysis of Subjective Well-Being Recovery Through Reemployment. Hmm. So basically, that's just a fancy way of saying this article is about what happens when you get a job after you've been unemployed in terms of your well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's I think it's super interesting so um I'm just gonna kind of dive into the, like the main themes yeah before the results um it's pretty straightforward so there's not like a lot of um definitions to go through I mean I think most people know what unemployment means yeah um what reemployment would be so what they were trying to do is try to understand what does it look like when you go back on the job, right? Research shows that being unemployed has negative effects on people's well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like some evidence to show that being reemployed helps repair okay. that. So then your well-being gets better. But okay. there's, like, there's some questions around does it matter what kind of un- re- unemployment you had or what kind of reemployment you have, meaning what type of job you've gotten afterwards? Is it the same mm-hmm. type of job? Is it a different type of job? Um, and how does that impact your well-being? Okay. Um, so first, I just want to talk a little bit about some concepts that I thought were interesting and probably good for people to understand. Okay. So research has shown before this study, this is like previous research has shown that being unemployed um, basically makes you lose certain things in the work environment that is actually really beneficial for you as a person. Okay. Um, So people really thrive when they have a clear structure to their day, like a time structure. They have to be somewhere at a certain time, do start doing things, et cetera. People really enjoy social contact outside of the family, and that's important for people's wellness. Mm-hmm. people do well when they have goals and they feel like they have a purpose. Um, there's a lot of status and identity that goes into your work. So a lot of people identify with who, what their profession is or what they do. Um, you know, there's status in terms of the type of job you're holding potentially has some status to it and just feeling like you're, con- like you're contributing to society. Um, and then there's this whole like idea of enforced activity. So basically like you have to do certain things because mm-hmm. It's forced upon you in this job. And weirdly enough, having some of that is actually positive because Hmm. it drives you to do things and feel productive even when you maybe wouldn't have been productive on your own. Okay. So there's like some pros and cons to this. Yeah. So there's a lot of pros to being employed. And as soon as you're not employed, these are the types of things you lose. So you tend to lose that structure to your day. You might have some identity issues because maybe you identified as I'm a lawyer and then all of a sudden you're not a lawyer. Right. Uh, Maybe you're a lawyer in training, but you're not practicing. And so how do you talk about who you are when people ask you things about yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, You're not getting that interaction with other people outside of, you know, maybe your own personal world. So it kind of, you're losing that broader social interaction. Um, And a lot of times they talk about outside the family. So, Maybe people are losing some of their connections with friends when they're unemployed in some ways. Yeah. Maybe there's not enough money to go out with them or whatever might be gotcha. going on there. Um, so you you lose a lot when you lose your job, not just the job itself and the financial component, but there's other kind of personal components to yeah. the way your day and your life is structured that actually has an impact on your well-being. Hmm. So how did they kind of measure uh all of this did they have like a sample of unemployed people who were employed and then became unemployed or how did they take a look at what the impacts of that were yeah so what they so the the different things I was just talking about like the time structure all that that's coming from different research in terms of what has been found to um you know be benefits of the workplace that people lose when they become unemployed Mm -hmm. this study was really looking at just looking at life satisfaction as a proxy for well-being. 
So okay. how satisfied somebody is with their life overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they actually were using a survey that is in England. So it's a British household panel survey. Oh, yeah. it happens annually. So you've probably heard of it. But for those that don't know, it's an annually repeated survey um, carried out by the UK. And it's really meant to understand social and economic changes within Britain. Um, So they do actually face-to-face interviews with Mm -hmm. adult members of households, um, which is crazy to me because that is so much resources in there. Yeah. Because they had 10,000 surveys um that they use in the sample not every single survey was used for every analysis because some people were employed you know didn't go through the employment process but they looked over a period of time and looked at people that were unemployed throughout that time period you know maybe in different pockets they like and analyzed data around how what was their well-being prior to being unemployed what was their Mm -hmm. well-being during unemployment after being unemployed all of that. So they looked across, um, I think up to five years of range of data. Okay. Um, in terms of five years, well, I guess it's actually more than five years, but at a minimum was five years in terms okay. of a person's data points. So yeah. a lot of data, but not necessarily the most detailed analysis in terms of the types of things they measured because this survey does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of data here and some interesting findings. Yeah, those kinds of surveys are really valuable, um, even though the it can be a little thin sometimes with regard to how they capture each of the constructs. But mm-hmm. um, so like maybe you can only, you know, we talk a lot about uh, on here making sure that you're accurately capturing the thing that you think you're capturing in a survey. And sometimes, you know, to a, to a point, but the more angles you can get at a particular, uh, you know, thing you're trying to measure – by asking enough questions about it that you feel like you're getting consistency and responses and things like that is better with these kinds of surveys. They are trying to assess so many things that the measures are sometimes really short. And for my master's thesis, I used uh, data that's very, very similar to this from Australia um, called the Hilda survey that measures some things. And then in the U S there's a survey called the Midas, which does something similar but they're just, they take immense resources because yeah, they're, you know, not interviews necessarily, or there may be some qualitative components, but they're asking people verbally all these questions to make sure that they're getting like accurate data. So it's like insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very intense process to get this data. So, you know, one drawback on this study is that it needs a lot more detail in future work, but I think it points to some really interesting results. Um, over time in a way that you could not study if, if you uh, try to do a more traditional survey approach. So yeah. I think it's a really good study in what it does. And I think that there's a lot more that we can do based on what was learned here. So places to dive in deeper. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, so I thought it was an interesting topic, you know, understanding what happens in that unemployment and reemployment cycle. Um, they talked a little bit about how, you know, taking a lead role in other activities, like if you become like a homemaker or someone that provides childcare exclusively in your in your household, there's a little bit of a difference there, right? You're, they actually did find, like other studies, not this one, had found that there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a dip in well-being initially, but it's a very different type of thing, right? You're not losing your purpose or your or some of those things because now you've chosen this venue, right? You decided right. to do this thing um, versus in the way that they looked at unemployment here. It's really about 
you lose your job in some form or fashion. It could be a layoff. It could be a firing, whatever that looks like. You were unemployed and it's not something you chose to do. Mm-hmm. So let me talk a little bit about the results. Um, so there's a couple of things. Life satisfaction actually declined before people lost their job. So that first, that one year and that year period before they lost their job, you see that their satisfaction declines. Okay. And there's some thought that it might be some sort of anticipation factor. Like maybe the business isn't doing well, so they know layoffs might be coming. Maybe they're a person's on a performance plan, so they know they're not doing great. So they might be afraid that they're losing their yeah. job or whatever that looks like. So there is kind of a dip in well-being when right before you lose a job, which is really fascinating, I thought. Yeah, I think so too. That's super um, interesting. Yeah, super interesting. And again, they what they did measure is kind of a baseline satisfaction. So imagine everybody has kind of a baseline life satisfaction or well-being that they're just kind of generally going to come back to, right? You're generally X amount happy in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's what they kind of compared to each individual's baseline. So for the baseline of a person, the year before they lose a job, their job, satisfaction goes down. Mm-hmm. After they lose their job, satisfaction goes down. Mm-hmm. And it continues to decline for however long the person is unemployed. Okay. So it doesn't actually get better or really stabilize. It, start, it keeps dipping. It might dip less over time. But they found that even after, after five years of being unemployed, the person's well-being declines Hmm. it's important to know that unemployed is actively unemployed meaning you're still searching for jobs okay not somebody that decided to stop looking okay that makes sense yeah Um, so they they call that economic inactivity (laughs) okay gotcha yeah so it's somebody who really wishes that they could be working but they're not Mm -hmm. yeah yep they're still just trying and trying to find a job um, and I, I, I would imagine that would have something to do with outcomes and satisfaction as well, because a lot of what we know in the literature about what you want versus what you get, the gap between what you wish you had and what you have is a really big predictor of well-being um, compared to just like not having something. Your expectation for having it or your want to have it makes a big difference in terms of how much it impacts you. Yeah, exactly. Um so that's really interesting. They did find that somebody that chose to go into this economic inactivity or basically just stop looking for a job, mm-hmm. life satisfaction does go back up for them when they make that change and they've decided I'm no longer searching. They gotcha. feel better, but they don't get back to their baseline. So they're still hmm. a little bit worse off than they were when they had a job. Okay. So jobs like generally add something to your life satisfaction because of the things you're saying. You have an identity. You might have an outlet outside of your home. Um, you also might have some beyond the financial incentives, but you know you you may have additional financial means to be able to do things that you want to do, etc. Mm-hmm. So when you know having a job is the best in terms of outcomes, but not having a job and not wanting a job is better than not having a job and wanting one. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then they started to see that reemployment factor. So now people have been unemployed for a little bit. Their their satisfaction has declined. They're not doing quite as well as they were when they had a job. When they get a job, their satisfaction gets boosted, and they go mm-hmm. actually above their baseline for that first year. So for the first year of being reemployed, people are like super excited and feeling really good about things. 
And then once you get to the second year, it basically just drops down to that baseline. Hmm. So now you're back to kind of where you typically sit, right? If you're like a super happy po- person, you're going to go back to your super happy self. Gotcha. Gotcha. Maybe a person that's a little more negative, you're going to go back to your where you typically would fall. Kind of that gotcha. standard baseline. Huh. That's interesting too. So there's kind of like that uh, almost like honeymoon period that happens in this position as well. Yep. Exactly. And then my favorite piece of information here, this is the thing that I think is super unique about the study, is that not only does being reemployed help you feel better, but it doesn't matter what kind of job you got. So if you originally were, let's just say you were originally a full-time salaried employee in a, like a mid-range management position. Mm-hmm. If I suddenly get a part-time job that's temporary, only seasonal, and it's lower paid and I'm no longer managing people, I'm still going to feel good. It's still going to be the ex- almost the exact same relationship. Wow, um, that's interesting. As if I'd got the exact same type of job I had before. So it hmm. doesn't really matter. And they even look to see like, oh, well, is it maybe people that are unemployed for a longer period of time that it's almost like a sense of relief? Um, right. Because they've been unemployed for four years and now they finally have something. It doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be that pretty much whenever you get that next job, you're back. You boost up hmm. and then you're back to baseline a year later. Huh. That's really cool. Right? Yeah. So I guess like a lot of times you see people that are like, oh, you know, I'm unemployed, but I'm like waiting for X, Y, Z like to come along. I guess this is what what this is saying is that you don't necessarily need to do that from a life satisfaction perspective. Right. Yeah. I think that's the biggest takeaway. It's like. You know, you don't ha- you have to worry less about the perfect job if you're mm-hmm. unemployed and you're yeah. you, and find a job and then you can figure out the perfect job later. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's no reason to to turn down a job because it's not the right thing. You know, obviously you want to be making more money, but like or maybe you want something more permanent or full time or whatever that looks like. Um, but it's OK to take that job that's not exactly like what you wanted um, for a period of time. Like I'm sure that if there's other negative factors, of course, this is a very big, broad study. Right. Um, if we were to look at other factors within the job, there might be other concerns, et cetera, that eventually come up. But from a general perspective, taking any job is going to be more helpful than just staying unemployed. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. I feel like people generally think like, oh, I'll feel really, um, you know, and I think because of those like kind of identity based concerns that people might have like oh I'll feel really you know dejected if I end up in a job that's like not what I saw myself doing but I think probably the hit comes not just from oh I used to be this but now I'm that but like I used to be employed and now I'm not is probably a bigger shift than just like from one job to another probably is easier to make sense of than, uh, you know, having a job to not having a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like. I found that's like the most interesting result here is just get a job, any job yeah. you can. And yeah. then figure it out from there so that yeah. you're not experiencing this consistent decline of life satisfaction because it does keep going down. So the longer you're unemployed, the worse that effect is. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like, um, you know, what's what's really kind of fascinating about this piece is that, um, 
you know, I, I think that people intuitively know that being unemployed is upsetting. And when people are unemployed, it takes a big hit on them. But I think mostly people think about the financial aspect um, more so than they think about other kinds of aspects of what the person might be going through. And it's interesting to think about, like, if you have a friend who is unemployed or if you like, I know some communities run like unemployment groups, like to help people get reconnected um, into, you know, different circles for employability and things like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're in that situation, you might not think to, um, you know, try to reinforce that person's identity as a worker. You might not think to, uh, you know, try to boost their self-esteem with regard to that. You might not think to like reach out and try to hang out with them a little bit more. So they have some of that like social contact, like things that might keep people maybe a little bit more afloat during that period of time because of the negative aspects until they can find something. And also just like thinking about what advice to give people like, Oh, well, you know, you, you want to get a job, but don't just take any job. Well, it might change the way you think about it to say it might make you feel better to just get out there and get back to working getting a paycheck and then in the meantime you can try to find the job that you really want you know Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's huge I think that's so important um that you that people are not being discouraged from getting maybe not the perfect job right away um because I think we like you said I think people do discourage that it's like well now that you have this opportunity find the right fit find the best job find this but right you know you might start getting really upset I think I think there's a big piece that has to do with rejection right like you're sitting there and you're maybe applying to like 30 jobs in a week, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the numbers, but whatever that is. And you don't hear anything. And the next week you apply to more and you still don't hear anything. And you don't hear anything. Yeah. You keep not hearing things. If you have a job, you've got a distraction. You're doing something. You already have a job. Somebody likes you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, like right, right. There's this reassurance that like, well, like you are employable. You are um contributing and valuable in some way so maybe it's okay to not hear something for like two months until you hear something you know from an organization you may not feel quite as dejected um if you've got something else going on so I think yeah piece too yeah that makes total sense to me I think that sounds right based on you know just and and I think that you know because of the way that our economy functions like we're at will really good high performing employees can get let go like I know that people take it personally or take a hit to it or like oh I used to be this and now I'm not that and that all makes sense from a psychological perspective but I think like just the positive reinforcement of being good at something can also make a difference I think in your life um Mm -hmm. you know if you were a good performer at your prior job and you got let go because of you know reasons related to the company it might be good for you to get out and just do something where you're getting that positive reinforcement again, because it's likely that you'll be good at whatever job you're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just getting back out there and and feeling good about things again, I think could be super helpful. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So that's kind of like my big takeaway, but then I also have some thoughts about people that are unemployed and haven't found like any job that they can just randomly take. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's ways to kind of address some of the issues with unemployment, like, creating structure you know you can set up a time that you're always up at nine you apply to jobs for the first three hours of the day then you take a break and you go to the gym and then you do this and you do that you know what I mean like creating a structure for yourself and a schedule can really help um, kind of alleviate the fact that you don't have that structure and then you know having a structure that you said impose on yourself is one thing but having you like yourself be accountable to somebody else I think yeah very helpful 
um because there's that whole enforced activity piece they talked about so basically making like something you have to do um because somebody else is going to keep track of you in some way so you know ask your partner your mom your best friend anybody that can maybe check in with you and make sure that you're sticking to your schedule and and double check that you're you're following through with those things so that you feel accountable to somebody and then you feel more productive because you've gotten a full day's work in whatever that work looks like for for you in this unemployed setting yeah totally yeah I think that makes a lot of sense and you know just just thinking about um, ways to uh, make yourself cognizant of the psychological impact so that, I mean, I think a big part of it is, you know, being aware that this has an impact. I think a lot of times when we experience something painful, people want to just be like, oh, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Or like they might be embarrassed, so they don't want to like talk about it with other people or they don't want to mm-hmm. like. So I think like also just recognizing that, you know, this is a tough thing. It's a normal human thing to find it to be a tough thing. And making sure that you're trying to, you know, supplement your positive feelings about yourself, your situation, getting out, helping, like you were mentioning, you know, like getting out and trying to find ways to like fill that need. Um, Even like volunteering somewhere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like trying to figure out, you know, what what sorts of things you might be able to to work on during that period of time to get that same kind of, social interaction, um, et cetera, and keep the wheels turning and, you know, admitting that it's difficult might be a good first step of getting yourself out there and finding those opportunities or making sure that you're taking care of yourself during that period of time. So you're not neglecting, uh, that piece of things. I completely agree. I want to second like the volunteering piece. Cause I actually had written that down, um, because I talked about setting goals and creating a purpose for yourself and, finding and you know dealing with the identity crisis potentially you know I am not a practicing lawyer so what am I well maybe you're a volunteer at an animal shelter Mm -hmm. maybe you are um some sort of activist maybe you're you know now trying to become a runner and you're sign up here for your first 5k or whatever that looks like right you know setting goals for yourself creating a purpose getting yourself out there in some way can really you know, help you with the things that you've lost when you lost your job that are outside yeah. of just the job itself. Um, because like you said, if you're out volunteering, for example, you're going to be meeting people, you're going to have that interaction. You're also going to have some sort of purpose, maybe create some goals for yourself. And then also meeting people can give, you know, as you talk to more people and you've come to terms with the fact this has happened, as you said, acknowledging it and knowing that it's hard, you know, you meet new people, you talk about your situation. Maybe they have other ideas. Like when they're like, Oh, I know somebody, you know, there's right. also these this networking opportunity that I think um, is critical you know maybe find networking events and things like that in your field if you want to go back into that job like that's always a good um, good tip for job seekers anyways but in a situation where you're unemployed now you're also getting out and having social contact with new people which is something that you're probably missing from your job anyways right totally totally yep I think so that makes a lot of sense Yeah. So I think there's a lot that people can do to try to help themselves cope with being unemployed and creating some structure and some goals um, around how to kind of maintain a productive um, life. And that I think will help, you know, with satisfaction. You're going to be feeling better about your life if you feel like you've got some purpose, you're being productive, and you're not just wasting months or years um, while you're unemployed. Right. I think that 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 feeling of like inefficiency or lack of being productive or um, 
yeah, like you said, not being good at something, all those things can make you feel worse. Um, so trying to fix those things by going out and putting yourself out there in different ways, I think is really, really important. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And I was also thinking like, so we talked about what an individual can do when they're unemployed, you know, taking that job, even if it's not the perfect one. And then all those different things around structure, goals, et cetera. But I was thinking about employers too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously if there's like a, a firing because of some sort of ethical issue or someone stole or whatever, some major problem there, that's a different concern, right? Employers shouldn't Mm -hmm. really be bothered too much there. Um, But if there's a layoff or if there's maybe a performance issue and like, that's not necessarily like that doesn't make the person a bad person, right? There's a performance issue might not be the best fit job. I think managers um, in those situations, HR in those situations can help these people get back up in a, more positive way when they leave the organization you know with layoffs a lot of companies will do a severance with some sort of package like um, providing them recruiters or like resume writers or something like that but maybe it's also providing people some tips on the things we're talking about here like you know finding any job is going to be more helpful than staying unemployed so think about some contract work here's some contract positions we know of or some part-time stuff or whatever um giving them some tips on like how to structure a day and you know just having some support and resources for people so that when they get in this situation they know the types of things they can do that will help kind of buffer the negative effects Mm -hmm. um i think it's something that you know i think that's something that employers can do and then as a manager if you're dealing with a performance issue i mean I think the only fair thing is to give people kind of a heads up that this is coming. Yeah. I think that's something that we've talked about before. And I know I've seen some research about this. Like it's not, you know, we don't have to, we can give people two weeks notice too. Right. <laughs> we don't, yeah. as, as employers, not, it doesn't have to just be an employee doing that. Um, and you know, as you're kind of hinting at the fact that this is probably going to happen, you might want to help guide them. You know, this person now, where do you think they'd be a better fit? What are their strengths? Help right. them see their strengths, understand their strengths so that they're not leaving like, Oh, I'm awful. They're leaving. Okay. So this wasn't great. I'm not good at this, but I'm good at this. So right. let's think how I can channel myself into that. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And also I think, you know, some companies are just more, humane in the way that they do things and they do have like resources for employees when they're you know doing layoffs uh either on a grand scale or if they're letting somebody go for you know reasons related to the company and not to the person like they will say you know we'll help you to find a new position or we uh have these you know resource groups that we recommend uh folks join to get new um contacts in the work world or uh, we're willing to provide uh, references for counseling uh, that might help you to find uh, better job opportunities or coaching, things like that. So there are some companies that also provide like exit services, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. And, uh, and I also think, you know, there are some professional associations that offer free or very low cost uh, job transition groups, employees in transition groups. And um, they can also be really helpful for growing community and getting out there and um, meeting other people who are going through something similar, finding resources, networking, and getting some of those external connections. Um, In Philadelphia, um, the group that I used to be on the board of, the Philadelphia Society for People and Strategy, 
they had a career transition group uh, that met up uh, once a month and they would have like homework and exercises and activities that they would do and they would come together and talk about the progress they've made and they would help connect each other to people. You know, maybe somebody in the group doesn't know anybody that can help them get a job, but maybe they know somebody who would be good at helping someone else in the group. And so um, they were, you know, network with each other, but also I think provide some of that social support that we were talking about. So if you have those kinds of resources in your community too, I think it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Like looking out into the community is really important. Um, and employers being able to provide, you know, some guidance on that if they have it. Um, it's an easy thing to do, right? HR just has to, somebody in HR who's in charge of exit stuff can just Google some resources in the area and be like, here's a list, go. Yeah, um, not right. an expensive thing to do, but it shows, well, one, it's good for your employment brand, right? Because you look like a caring organization. So that should be important because if you look caring, then people want to stay there or want to come and get hired there blah 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 right but also like from a human perspective obviously you should be concerned about what's going to happen to this person now at least to some extent right um but i was also thinking about like looking into your state unemployment benefits because i know Mm -hmm. in california they actually provide some sort of benefit i don't know all the details but i know a friend of mine who went through a whole layoff thing and when she was on on unemployment benefits, they actually cover the cost of classes up to a certain amount. Um, Hmm. So like, that's another potential thing. Maybe you've always wanted to take a class in X um, or maybe you're thinking that might help you with your career. Like obviously the purpose is to help you with your career, maybe finding a new job or some sort of um, retraining. If you, if like the type of job you're doing is changing drastically Mm -hmm. and does not going to exist in a few years or something right right but um so that's that's big for that but also I know people take advantage of it just to take some sort of classes they can right they have some time I think it helps from a well-being perspective and there's not like a from what I understand in California there's not like a limit it's not like you can't take a photography class right right you're a I don't know accountant um so you can take a class that maybe interests you. And so then now you're kind of getting into that whole identity piece. You're creating structure in your day. Um, you're accountable to someone to turn in assignments. Like you're right. kind of building in some of those things that you lose with your job. So if your state provides something like that, um, that's huge. And I don't, I don't know. I'm sure states have different types of benefits. Um, I know California tends to... Um, well, in my opinion, do things well, but yeah, um, yep. But you know, I I don't know what other states offer, and I'm sure that there's stuff out there. So I think that's something to look yeah. into. Is if you're unemployed, is look into what benefits your your government provides to help you kind of cope with that transition. Yeah, and I think also you know to that point that there's a lot of um, you know I think I think something that's really coming through is that there's a lot of emphasis on just like being engaged. Um, Mm -hmm. getting out and still, and not like, okay, I don't have a job, so I'm just gonna, you know, sit at home and, you know, think about the fact that I don't have a job all day. Like try to get out there and keep doing things. And, um, you know, as we mentioned before, like volunteering or, uh, you know, making sure that you get out to socialize with people or, you know, keep in touch with people that, uh, are good influences on your self-esteem and, um, you know, finding these resources in your community, uh, seeing if there are groups that you can join, seeing what government resources there are. Like, in other words, you can, you don't want to make a job out of being unemployed, but you also want to keep yourself active enough and busy enough that, 
uh, you're not demotivated and downtrodden because I'm sure that can come through on interviews too. Like your mm-hmm. attitude and the way that you're feeling, um, all of that can come through. So uh, to help keep you in a more positive frame of mind, and that might actually help you to be more likely to find a position uh, to keep those things going. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It just kind of keeps you, like you said, engaged, active, um, which I think would come off well in an interview. Mm-hmm. Um Especially if, you know, you have to, oftentimes you have to talk about the fact that you're unemployed and why. Yeah. Um, and so you can talk about the things that you've been doing since then, you know, like I have been taking this class, which I think will help me in this way. Or I did what X and Y and, you know, talking about the things that you've learned, I think can really make um, you make that experience more positive. I know there's a yeah. lot of bias against people that have maybe been unemployed for a long time. Um, and I know that's something that you know, a lot of people are trying to fix in organizations and in terms of the way people hire, but I think part of it could be writing in as, you know, an experience, your volunteer opportunity that you've been doing the past year that you've been un- unemployed. Yeah. That, that looks good on a resume. It's not a bad thing to have this extra experience doing something else. Maybe you were a leader in, on a, you know, in some volunteer group or, you know, you organized something for some, I don't know something activisty. I'm trying to I can't think of an example. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so maybe you're doing these types of things, and you can talk about how you know managing this group in X volunteer position is going to be helpful in your new job. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, I just think I think this was a really interesting article. And uh, a lot to think about because, you know, intuitively, like I mentioned before, I think we know that unemployment isn't good for people from a financial perspective. And I'm sure that people could recognize that it doesn't feel good to be unemployed. But I think the big takeaways from here that are really interesting is that, you know, there are ways that you can combat that or we came up with some strategies that you might be able to combat that because of some of the reasons why you don't feel so great that it's not just financial Um, and also that, you know, being active and actually having a job and getting a paycheck seems to mitigate some of those feelings, even though it doesn't seem to matter where that paycheck is coming from as much. So I think, Mm -hmm. I think those are really interesting takeaways that um, kind of help to fill in some more of the gaps on why unemployment is important from a psychological perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought it was really fun to read. Very interesting topic. Um, And I feel like, Unfortunately, a lot of people go through this, so it's pretty relevant to a lot of people. Hopefully not today. Um, hopefully not for a very long time, if ever, for our listeners. But yep. I'm sure some of you experience this. Some of you know people that have experienced unemployment um, and maybe have seen the effects on those people or on yourself. Um, so maybe some of these tips can be helpful in, in those cases. And you know, keep them in mind if, God forbid, you end up in a situation that you're not employed like you want to be. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your stories, you know, about your unemployment or what happened when you re-entered employment or, you know, what you've experienced from, you know, watching your friends and family, um, or any advice or tips you might have for others. Like, please reach out. You can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com or connect with us on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter at Worker Being. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Mm-hmm.